0: The thoughts, views, and opinions expressed in this episode does not completely reflect the thoughts, views, and opinions of St. Louis Story Stitchers. Stop and take a trip down on my block, Come on. where you see hidden potential, young minds sharper than pencil, and ain't afraid to speak their mind if they got something against you. We standing with you, we tackle issues like civic pride, hate will cease to exist, let's put our differences aside. From my side to your side, from Dutch town to south side, from Pimrose Rose to north side, from Benton Park to... Oh north to west in the west side we blessed when we step out we stand down rise up stand together rise up
1: this is Stitchcast Studio, produced by St. Louis Story Stitchers in St. Louis, Missouri. This
0: is Stitchcast Studio Live, featuring our special guest, Gerard Gorman, poet, leader, and activist. This is part two of a three part series the trauma of losing a loved one to gun violence, as well as the recent school shootings in St. Louis, Missouri. They say who that, but you already knew that. That beat them story stitches. story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches.
2: The religious cliche thing. We do need to challenge that because I'm intrigued on how you all feel about that and what what you wish would be said in the place of that or done in the place of that because I'm also one of those people that I'm a firm believer that sometimes we don't need words we simply need space and opportunity to feel because oftentimes when we put words to things we're trying to figure things out we're trying to fix it and sometimes ain't no fixing it. The only thing to do is just to be, and to be present, you know? But we kind of go into like fixer mode. So I wanna hear from you all around that piece around the religious cliche. And also what do you do in the event where there are people of different Faith practices and spiritual practices and belief, beliefs um, who all come together in a space over a tragedy. And how do you honor the
1: people in that in that space? Um, I think you kind of touched on it. Honestly, what I was going to say is in that moment, silence for me was more healing than any of the words they said because still now it doesn't make sense and so I guess you saying right that they're trying to fix it it's like hearing hearing all of these words you know people trying to I guess, make it make sense. It didn't... It wasn't doing anything for me. You know? It was just making me numb, honestly. Um, and I was never, at any point in this situation, mad at God. Um, I was just mad at the situation. And I think it it all kind of hit me kind of hard because it was like probably like a week before I had a friend from middle school probably one of the sweetest guys I know he was shot and killed so I was just getting over that you know or at least trying to trying to go back to what I knew as normal But still having this thought in my head that there's this space that's just emptied, you know. It just kind of feels empty because it's like they're not there anymore. No matter if we hadn't talked in years. But just knowing that I could never reach out again, you know. And then to hear about this is right as I'm waking up. Like I woke up to a call from my brother because he's in St. Louis Public Schools and they were shutting the schools down or putting them on lockdown because they are, I guess, in a certain radius. And, you know, they had all these threats and things going on on the internet. And so that's the first thing I'm waking up to, not knowing that it's my school. Until I tell him, I was like, "We gotta go. We gotta go get Marcus," um, because you know he said somebody's school got shut up, and I know it was hard for him to have to tell me. Like, it's your school, I'm, you know. So I'm like trying not to. I'm trying not to like think about it too hard. He's trying to tell me who the teacher was And I didn't even want to say the name I was scared to say the name So yeah, just Sometimes Religion Or Trying to make sense of something That doesn't necessarily make sense I think makes the situation worse Because like I said, it was making me numb to the point where, like you hear about other people dying like artists that we listen to that you would never think these things would happen to. and it was like I couldn't even pull myself to even have an emotion towards it. like I felt no emotion, you know, and so it's hard and and then, because I know. I know personally, like, dang, I don't have an emotion for this right now, but I know probably some weeks later it's gonna hit me when I least expect it, you know? And so I think for me, like I said, silence at that moment was probably the best thing. As we released the balloons, you know, that was more emotional for me than a sermon or a scripture or, you know, a a lady was like, can I give you a hug? and just that hug meant more to me than anybody else's words. You know what I'm saying? So it's like sometimes we don't need that. And I and I I don't even like to hear myself say that because you know as a spiritual being, even like everybody needs God. You know what I'm saying? But sometimes what if it's just we need each other?
2: because that's what I just took away from what you said. It's like, perhaps human beings who are of a particular faith tradition, perhaps need to take a step back from their rituals and what they think and or believe is soothing and helpful. And to really listen To what society is saying What our young folks are saying And readjust accordingly And then not get offended by it yeah. <laughs> So that's what I'm, I'm taking away From what you're saying It's like Perhaps we need to start listening To each other more And paying attention To each other more Because have you ever been talking to somebody and you see when they zone out or you feel yourself zone out when somebody's talking and you're just like hoping and wishing that they get the point and they don't get it. And you like, yo, I ain't been listening to you for like five minutes. It's straight up been wah, 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 wah. You know, I thought you was going to get a clue, but I got to, I hope this isn't coming off as rude, but I got to tell you, I am really not interested in what you're saying. I am someplace else, right? And what you are doing and what you are saying is not helpful, you know? So perhaps that's something that we really need to consider. And everything you all are saying right now is super important and informative, for how we move forward, because at this moment we live in a time where violence is pervasive and it feels as though that it is coming from every angle, like even unexpected angles. My niece graduated from that school. She was in the ROTC program. She would kick me if she realized I forgot what year she got out. I think that was like 2018, 17, 18? And I was just thinking like, I've been in those halls. I've been in that school. Well, my my niece and my cousin were both there. And I'm not even a student of that school, but I'm an aunt. And it just sent something through me when I got word that morning. Cause that was that was jarring to wake up to. Like I was actually getting ready to get in the shower and get ready for work and my mom calls me from WashU and she's like, hey, did you get an alert on your phone? I'm like, about what? And she's like, oh, there's been a shooting at Central. I was like, at VAP? Like, what? It did not compute. Right? Because as you said earlier, Brandon, if it could happen at that, if it could happen at Central, it can happen anywhere. So I I had a moment where my reality was a little suspended because I was like, doesn't my mother have the wrong school? You know? And I was like, oh my. I was like, okay. And I had to gather myself because in the other part of my life, like getting ready to go into the brick, I'm like, oh my God, are we gonna get any of these students? Are there parents today? Are there siblings? I was like, okay, God, I gotta get prepared, right? Which is technically a trauma response, right? And a dear friend of mine, um, James McNeil, who's almost done, almost done. Y'all send him some positive energy for his PhD proposal defense. (laughs) Um, Him and I were just having a talk where he was like, you being so prepared for that moment is a trauma response. He's like, no human being should be that practiced, right? And I had to sit with that because I was like, My mind, as soon as I hung up with my mother, as I went into strategy mode. I called Reverend Kennedy. I called Dr. Punch. They hadn't heard. I was already thinking strategically on what we need to do for three months, six months, 12 months, and 24 months. All within 15 minutes. But then I had to Pull myself out of that and to be like, this has been going on way too long and I'm tired. I'm tired and I had to sit down and cry. Because I was like, as a society, we could have solved this 20, 30 years ago if we had the will and the integrity to do so. right. And just like you, I was more so mad at the situation. Cuz I hadn't heard, you know, much about the young man or anything like that. I was I have a tendency to get mad at systems. <laughs> I'm like it's like, yo, we could have had this mitigated 30 years ago if we really cared about each other and i realized i was fighting mad because i was just like y'all gotta put this on the podcast because i don't want to get locked up um or have the feds knocking on my door um But I was straight up like, yo, I want to go punch everybody in the face in Jeff City that has ever voted against any policy. Not just around gun laws, but around poverty, around redlining, around everything that leads to violence. I wanted to go punch every politician in the throat. for who all have served for the last 30, 40 years and voted against the public's best interest, in my opinion. Because now we're living with the consequences of that. We're living with the consequence of defunding education. We're living with the consequence of when you have a police budget that is larger than your education budget. We're living with the consequence of when you see it to be more beneficial to incarcerate people than to educate, house, and feed, and to give proper medical care, right? And then that runs all the way up to the federal level. I'll probably be punching people for the next three years every day in the throat. But I can't do that because I don't look good in jail jumpsuit orange. I got green undertones. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't get locked up. Um. Yeah. So you also brought up another great point, Brandon. Is around the mental health of the young man who committed the act, and I want to hear from you all around this table, just your thoughts around mental health and what can we do as a society?
3: So um, I'll start by saying, I'm not one of those people that only talk about mental health when tragedies happen. And unfortunately, I think as a majority, as a society, that's what we are. The so I, I was a Bruce Lee fan. I uh, still am. I'm a big Bruce Lee fan, and because uh, Bruce Lee died in the prime of his of his career, he was in peak physical condition, some of the best shape anybody had ever seen, and and because he died of uh, natural causes, not just natural causes, but a uh, cerebral edema. Um, a, he, he took a he took a, a aspirin and had a reaction to one of the ingredients causing his brain to swell up against his skull. Uh he slipped into a coma and that's how he died. Now because he was in such peak physical condition because he was so healthy people couldn't accept that something natural could have killed him. You know what I'm saying? So so people had all these theories about uh about chinese demons and 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 uh and 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 just um and him being poisoned and 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 all of this other stuff because like like both of y'all touched on when something when the unthinkable happens immediately and what i believe is another trauma response is we try to make sense of it we try to figure out okay there has to be a logical explanation for this there has to be something that you could see and that you could prevent if you know what that thing is that caused it but because it was such a natural natural way to die he he was in peak condition you know what i'm saying no nobody expected somebody to, like that healthy to die of natural causes but because of that people had all these theories because they couldn't accept that you know it, it didn't make sense it didn't make sense mentally like there's no if it, if it was a car accident okay you know what i'm saying if there was something physical if i could even like look at the body and see physical proof of something being wrong Then it would be easier to accept And I think Mental health is the same way Because there's no physical I, I can't look at you and see uh, 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 That you suffer from anxiety Or something like that People don't really Treat it As real as they would Some sort of physical disorder that you had Now Um the problem with that is that it takes something like a great tragedy in order to shake them out of apathy, you know what I'm saying, in order for people to even start paying attention like, oh, maybe mental health is an issue. The problem is when it takes these great examples to shake people out of apathy, most of them don't stay out of apathy, you know what I'm saying? They, 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 they start to be empathetic for a minute and then they go back to being apathetic until the next great tragedy happens. And it's it's kinda like a cycle, right? So how we talked about how depression is uh deceptive or whatnot. Um uh somebody else that we lost from central before the shooting, uh, who uh who we lost to um suicide, very loved, but because of uh her depression, she didn't feel that way. And so she would have these um suicidal Tendencies, and you think that when you got a friend that got suicidal thoughts or whatever, like yo, if I just talked them off the ledge or whatever, I can be a part of the solution. But what you're really doing is just treating a symptom of what the problem is. You're not doing anything to fix the actual thing that's causing those symptoms to happen. So unless you're gonna be around them 24 seven, you're not you know you you can't fix anything. You know what I'm saying? There's gonna be a point where they by themselves and they got one of them thoughts. You know what I'm saying? So so so. <sighs> I say it to say that people like like it's still a lot of people that feel like depression is 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 an emotion and and, and depression is an emotion, but depression is also a mental disorder. Um, and I'm sure you know this, but for the people that don't know, you got tubes in your brain, and uh, one of those tubes uh, pushes uh, pushes a chemical called serotonin to the brain, and that's the tem- that's the chemical that make you feel happy that make you feel joy and whatnot. And there are things that could happen in life that cause that chemical, if you suffer from depression, can cause that chemical to clog up. And so serotonin doesn't get to the brain. And so when that happens, you could feel sad and down and just over life, even if there's no physical reason, even if if you look around and everything is going great, you could still feel real sad. You know what I'm saying? And so... That's a that's a disorder You know what I'm saying That's just as real as As you being pigeon-toed Or something like that You know what I'm saying That's just as real as being knock-kneed Or any physical thing But because you can't see it People don't treat it as seriously They don't treat it the same way So I think I think We gotta learn how to stop being apathetic You know what I'm saying Like, 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 like. Another thing I think That keeps people in apathy Is that You don't really see it Till it's on your doorstep You know what I'm saying for a lot of people, they think, you know what I'm saying? Especially when they don't understand depression or like, like you know, you just depressed. You're going to be happy again. You know what I'm saying? But like, no, you you don't understand. You know what I'm saying? If, if you if that's your view of depression, then, then I can't, I have to believe that you don't understand what depression is and how it affects people. You know what I'm saying? People oversimplify things that they don't understand and they dismiss things that they don't understand. And mental health is one of those things that us as a whole don't understand. And so, yeah, I think we're going to keep having them problems till we, till we, you know, till we're more willing to look deeper into things that may not directly affect us. And in looking deeper, I think we'll find that they do directly affect us.
0: Hey, everybody, you know what time it is. It's time for our Pick the City Up Art Interlude, featuring an original piece by Story Stitcher's Artist Collective. Check it out.
4: for evidence. Oh, no. I hear the homies yelling KP for president. Been down since the '90s. A representative ever since. Yeah. When we was young. We used to bang pro models uh-huh. with the stickers still on. and gripping 40 old gold bottles from the Adoras, Lottos, to my leases When they dropped that BK, we became the dangerous species. But my from the rapture yep. that them Chuck Taylors uh-huh. was ushering in a social disaster. Uh-huh. We died faster in them Cortez. but once some J's popped off. Inevitably, there was more there dead. No can never see me in no poor kids or no pro wings <laughs> to the first to 15. We came so clean. Hustle right. for bread and some crispy air forces. That's Black and blue Joe. air maxes yeah. in the Deville where we sport. Kids. Can I kick it? It's the sneak attack. Can I kick it? It's the sneak attack. Can I kick it? It's the sneak
5: in the morning we still mourning over shots that rang out yesterday mama say until we get the bread to get a better place we gotta pray for better days you just a step away from somebody taking your breath away there was her warning like every morning open the closet reach for the Jordans oh yeah we can't afford them so I strap up the sketches and let her finish her lecture it's the first day of school can't believe I gotta wear this I'm out the door at the bus stop I see a couple dudes I knew was out before it don't look like they out no more they in the game they trying to get paid they might drop out of 10th grade by the time the bus came they paid 10 ways stay out her chasing money they got the shoes plus the bread plus a toolcase somebody trying to take it from them okay. they look at me and they like what are those oh now these my other clothes the voice is still at home I rock them later Can I it. kick it it's the sneak attack can I kick it it's the sneak attack can I kick it it's the Summer clothes. I love that watch, I got to cop me one of those Buses here, I gotta go What are those? I don't even know I'm on the need to know, and they don't even need to know That these my brother clothes Hope they don't take it wrong, but we don't live forever Life ain't long, it's even shorter on that corner They be standing on, be taking chances on it They be planning on, cause Lord knows I'm probably still gonna yo, see them standing yo. up when I get home
4: You somersaults to turn cartwheels to get a deal Not when you a real uh-uh. one from baiting by way of the bill My soul is not for sale, don't need no more celebrity baby. so all of us can eat, you know I'm dope, that to be You take no more, no shorts, kept him hard like a dwarf, playing limbo, and no, it's not no demo, skip a short, strike a match, just blaze, many men have tried, but I was made this way. Can I kick it? It's the sneak attack. Can I kick it? It's the sneak attack. Can I kick it? It's the sneak attack.
6: my thing with mental health is mental health is like when i'm figuring out is like the most important figure or i kind of put it as a being in my life like my like my mental health is like another part of me and i didn't realize that until i started well first i'm one of them friends where everybody dumps their problems on so i'm i'm one like I want to say a punching bag. I want more of them impact, like an impact bag where everybody will dump their problems towards me, but they won't ask me how I'm feeling. And with that, it's like, it's a, it's a lot on your shoulders being that, that, that bag all the time. It's like, sometimes you don't want to, you don't want to hear it or you don't have the time, but then in the back of your head is like, this conversation could save this person right now or... You can really be, or really say something that really helps them get they self back on track. So sometimes I just kind of take out consideration of not thinking for myself, but thinking for present or future events that could happen based off my one, you know what I'm saying? My one reaction that can trick, they can trigger a train reaction. That's just how I think. I kind of think like, like, like how you do. You kind of strategic, or you are strategic. So that's how I think. I think okay, if say if I do miss this call or I kind of wave that person off, how you know what I'm saying? How would that conversation would have went if I did talk to that person and they told me their problems and I kind of talked them out whatever they gonna do? You know what I'm saying? Because you you won't want that on your heart or your mind. Like dang, you the last person they talked to and they end up killing themselves or they end up harming you know what I'm saying? Harming somebody else or they end up doing something or thinking something that y'all supposed to be doing. Like, you can really be that impact bag. But at the same time, on the other part, I be thinking about it is I got to kind of think of myself as well. Because if I'm messed up, then I can't do nothing around, you know something around me. I can't handle my business as a person. You know what I'm saying? My family might be affected by it. I personally might be affected about it. And that might change the environment around me where people might be looking at me as you're being, you know what I'm saying, you're not yourself or... You're um, you being weird because it's not the normal version. It's not the normal you that we used to seeing or the energy that I'm used to giving. It's not that, so um, I take like mental health is like really important. Because if I'm straight, then I tend to have that energy where everything around me will be straight, even if life is really hard for everybody around. I tend to try to make it less suckish, whereas like. You know what I'm saying? Like, live fire already suck, but it's like, you know what I'm saying? An inappropriate joke career and you know what I'm saying, might make you smile because <laughs> you never know. You know what I'm saying? You might need a a, a good laugh. You know what I'm saying? And, and that might trigger. You know what I'm saying? You, the crowd, I know, or you might be crying, laugh like, you know what? I had a messed up day. I woke up, my cereal. You know what I'm saying? My cereal wasted on my lap. On what? Yeah. You know? <laughs> but but that joke right there really really just it made life less suckish and I'm just kind of big on just mental health because you just never know you just never know like your impact on people's lives you never know how important your role in certain people's lives like some people might idolize you as you know what I'm saying I want to say a god but like a leader or the you know say the leader of the wolf pack or whatever however you want to put it and that's a lot to take because you're taking on a job that you didn't really sign up for. And when I kind of noticed that, um, I kinda I had to get myself a therapist. And that's one thing I would uh, prescribe to everybody, get yourself a therapist. Like really making sure you're straight, having them un them unwanted talks and just discovering yourself that or different things or different events that trigger you to change you, to really figure that out and find like find that timeline. It's really important because you get it's interesting it's also scary because it's like dang I didn't know something that happens when you know what I'm saying 13 five even yesterday can uh affect your um your mental health today where you like dang sixth grade you know what I'm saying a girl broke up you know what I'm saying broke up with you and now you you don't know say it's hard for you to trust or um uh, you know what I'm saying uh kids just playing with you you know what I'm saying oh you got that one that one boy that always um be mean to you but turned out he just like you and you kind of took that you know what I'm saying your parents probably told you like oh that's just his way of liking you and now you in an abusive relationship where he's downing you and you just taking that as as that's love you know what I'm saying a lot of different situations can be affected by just certain um, conditions on just mental health situ uh mental yeah like mental health situations and I'm just big on it because it's like dang it's a lot and it's really a lot like it's a lot we don't understand as well too where science can't prove it it just it just it's just dirt but yeah but
3: I feel like we should also um we should also acknowledge and appreciate what how much of an inconvenience. Spilling a bowl of cereal in your lap actually is. Facts. As well. <laughs> it's pretty inconvenient, man. That is right. Especially if you like eating it on like carpet or something like that. Like and I night, you know what I'm saying? Like I, ain't, I always have a hard time when it comes to like spilling a liquid and a solid together. It's like, what do, I, what do I do first? Do I sweep it? Do I mop it? Like I don't... <laughs>
2: I don't
3: know know how to clean that up. That's always been like a. How
2: about you didn't spill the last of it?
6: I'm sorry. You you didn't get it ready.
2: (laughs) You didn't get it ready. It's the last of the cereal, it's the last of the milk. And somehow. A magic hand just comes and it.
3: And This, this, this it. negative energy. Like, <laughs> Life comes through like sight. Oh, you thought like, it was going to be a good it's day? It's like a
2: secret cat. It's <laughs> <is laughs> like in your home and it just goes and it just hits it yeah. and knocks it over. And you're like, oh my God.
3: Hell. I said, we building character today. <laughs> i on all BS today. Get ready. This is the type of day we have.
6: <laughs> Man And on them days You just wanna get back in bed And be like you know what For real
2: I need to do, I need to do I gotta, over I gotta try this again
6: That's the I most important try- meal of the day Hey I done that before though Like I woke Work. up I woke up with like bad news And I was like you know what I'm finna go back to sleep We finna try this uh, yes. again Try
3: this tomorrow Yes
6: And then um, another big thing That I had to learn Have y'all ever got like Bad news like early in the morning Like when you first woke up And you can't really process nothing mm-hmm. I literally gave myself a rule Where if it ain't after 12 You cannot talk to me right now Mm. Feel yes Office hours I have office hours yeah. If it's not yeah. After 12pm Like my manager uh, When I work, used to work At McDonald's She said Any confrontation Or any problems Anybody want to give to her If it's not After 12pm Do mm. not talk to her Around that I'm time right. Like you better figure yes. it out
3: Yes I like that I
6: like No that's and now really I great li- I kind of like Yes Made it into my routine Now like yes. No
2: Well and that leads me Into Another thing That I want to bring up is around boundaries Because when you talked about How people You know You're the friend That people Come and talk to And they seek out Right And they don't ask you How you're doing And it's like Just knowing That we have the power Of a very short sentence That is a complete sentence Is the word nope or if we want to embellish it a bit, be like, you know what, I don't have the capacity at this moment in time to take all that on. So, you know,
6: <laughs> <laughs> That's fast, though.
2: you know, but and to realize that we won't hurt people, and we are not the only ones that people can go to. When I tell you I keep those gold cards from BHR on deck. I keep them in my purse, keep them in my backpack. It's like, listen.
1: What's
2: the, what's the gold card? So gold cards, and they've changed color now, because they had to print so many. Um, (laughs) Lost its value a little bit. (laughs) But Behavioral Health Response is an organization based here in St. Louis where they have a 24-hour helpline. And they stopped. They still call it a crisis line, but they're attempting to get away from that language because that's part of the stigma. People are like, I'm not in a crisis. I just kind of feel bad. Like, I feel like I need somebody to talk to, right? And that's an amazing thing how language can stop us from engaging in something that we really need or actually make us engage in something that we really need. Just the difference between calling something a helpline or a crisis line, right? So they have a 24 hour helpline where you can call and just talk to somebody. A trained professional. And if you, if they get a sense that you potentially might be in crises, they actually have a dispatch team. So as long as that you are not a danger to yourself or another, which means that you don't have a weapon, right? And that you're a consenting adult. If you, if they sense that you are in crises, they have a mobile team that will come out with a therapist. No police, just them. Into have you get assistance from a professional on the spot. So they have these cards that have their phone number, like the 1-800 number, the 314 number. Even if you're somebody who's like um, speech impaired, they have that number on there as well. So they used to call them gold cards, but the ones that they just printed up are like all white. Um, But I keep those on deck because... If I'm speaking to someone, even in my professional capacity, because I have to constantly remind people, you know, as someone who does spiritual care and chaplaincy work, I am not a pastor, I'm not a clinical pastoral person, right? I am not a psychologist. So there are certain things that people will bring up where I'm just like, wait a second. I think you could benefit from having a therapeutic relationship based on what you have just expressed to me, right? Because some things do surface that are legit mental health issues where I can see somebody sitting before me and I'm like, you are showing all the signs of anxiety. I don't say that out loud because once again, I'm not a clinician. However, I've been in the presence of enough human beings in my 44 years of life where I'm like, oh, I see what this is. This is not my lane. So let me get you to a professional, right? And let me get you, let me educate you on what that potentially can mean for you as well. Because this is the thing about therapy. Just because you go to one therapist doesn't mean that that's, that's the right person, right? It's like therapy is like any relationship. It's like you ask the person questions, they ask you questions, you see if it's the right fit. And if it's not a right fit, that doesn't mean that you give up on therapy or having a therapeutic relationship. That means that you just seek out another person who will be your best fit, right? It took me years to find the right therapist. And she was right under my nose. I was like, wow, you know? But it just took me a while. It only took me like one or two therapists before I found the therapist who was the right fit for me. You know, but it was just like any relationship, you ask questions and then you see how they respond because everybody has a right whenever you're going, because technically that is going into a business relationship with somebody, like you will be paying them. You know, and you just not going to walk into something, especially that intimate of a relationship and not really see where that person is coming from and see what they do and don't understand. And to say, "Mm, yeah, you'll be a good fitter. Ah." It was nice meeting you um, However, I don't think this This will be a good, a good fit for me We have moved forward with that Exactly <laughs> Because it, it could be anything In regards to culture Gender Belief systems Like you name it You know I would not recommend an ACS Go to somebody who does Clinical pastoral care Right? I, I would highly recommend against that <laughs> You know? However, somebody could have some very insidious motive and to say, oh, this person is atheist. Maybe they just need to speak to somebody who can convince them different. You know what I'm saying? Because people are weird like that, you know? So, you know, having knowing your rights around getting into a therapeutic relationship and then having the agency to really just feel comfortable and saying, yeah, I want to engage in this. And this person is the right fit for me. It can make all the difference in the world. I swear, I don't know who I would be if it were not for my therapist honestly.
1: Thank you for listening and last but not least we want to give a very special shout out to the Stitchcast Studio sponsors. Stitchcast Studio Season 2 in 2021 is sponsored by the Spirit of St. Louis Women's Fund three-year grant from 2020 to 2022. Arts and Education Council, PNC Grant, and Lush Corporations, the Charity Pot. Peace in the Prairie is presented with support from Missouri Arts Council, a state agency, which receives Support from the state of Missouri and the National Endowment for Arts. Additional support is provided by the Spirit of St. Louis Women's Fund, Missouri Foundation for Health, City of St. Louis Youth at Risk Crime Prevention Grant of 2020, Stewart Family Foundation, and Kranzberg Arts Foundation.
0: They say who that, but you
6: already knew that. That beat them. Story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches.